Guys, this is the Relax Running Podcast. I am Tyson Popplestone. Hey, thanks for coming by. Um, really, really fun chat today. This is part of the conversation I had with two-hour 13 marathon runner from Western Australia, Ray Boyd. Fun fact for you, growing up in Western Australia, this bloke was my Justin Bieber. He was he was the, the hero of my world. I um, That sounds corny, doesn't it? You shouldn't admit that when you're 33. But, uh, but this was a bloke that I looked to because he used to train with Steve Monaghetti, he used to train with Lee Troop, he used to train with the likes of Rod DeHyden, and he also had some disgustingly fast uh, personal best times to his name. So I, uh, I just wanted to be this bloke when I was a young fella. So it's cool to sit with him 20 years later and pick his brain about his training and about the marathon and about training consistency and diet and just what it was like competing against the likes of the blokes that he was competing against. It was a really good chat. As I said, this is just part of the conversation. The full conversation is available to Relax Running members, and it's up now on the members podcast. So if you are a member, maybe jump across there, hit pause on this one, and just listen to it over there so you get access to the full thing. Heads up, Ray is a principal of a school over in WA, and we recorded this podcast during the day last Friday when he was a keynote speaker at a presentation to a whole heap of schools. So we had to sneak out into the garden to record this podcast. So you hear a couple of cheeky birds fly past and a couple of naughty crows do their thing. Um, he was uh, he was doing his best on his phone. It came up pretty nicely. But if you hear a couple of birds um, creating a little bit of chaos in the background, I just want you to know why. Um, none of them have sucked into his lounge room and are, are trying to get him. So just don't panic. Just stay relaxed. Um, uh, if you're not a member yet, it's five bucks a month for the podcast only. That's a new option. So if you just want to hear these podcasts in full, it means from now on, you're going to get access to the full uh, four podcasts that we post each month. It's five bucks US per month for that. If you want the bonus podcast, the Experts Corner video library, uh, access to the training programs and everything else that's on the membership, it's 10 bucks a month. All right. So that's an access to pretty much everything. You want to pick the brains of exercise physiologists, Olympians, sports doctors, and physios, that's the option for you. If all you wanted was the podcast, as I said, five bucks a month, we've got 21 podcasts up there that aren't available at all to the public with the likes of Ryan Gregson, Brett Robinson, uh, Andrew Wheating, Craig Engels. Um, who else have we got up there? Man, we've got, we've got a whole heap of people. John Quinn. He's a, he's just a gun, honestly. I think we did two bonus podcasts with him, and, and he's just a superstar. All available to you now. So if you want to get access to that, go to relaxrunning.com slash join and pick the option which is right for you. Anyway, let me get out of your way. Enjoy part of the conversation with Ray Boyd and members. As I said, jump across to the membership podcast now. Listen to the full thing there. All right, I'll see you guys next week. To, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about your marathon as well because because one of the I reckon yep. the most common question that people listen to this podcast ask is around the marathon and uh, and I was pretty keen to pick your brain because you just spoke about the fact that once you get established in a routine it's pretty easy just to keep ticking along but what did your routine uh, look like back in the day when you were training full-time because you strike me as a bloke who would have loved clocking up plenty of k's and again that could be that that troopy element uh, that I feel I, I notice in both of you guys but 
am I am I wrong, Boydie, or were you a, you're a bit of a K's man? <laughs> I like the K's, mate. I, I mean, working, getting the, the opportunity to run it a few times with um, the Eastern States boys help, and it's, it's similar to what was, I touched on earlier with Matty Ramson saying the boys don't really understand how hard they work. Getting over with the Eastern States and seeing the mileage that they did, particularly up at Forest Creek, was a bit of a kick in the pants and reali- I realised what we actually had to do. So I, I did like the miles, but it was finding that balance between doing miles and doing junk miles. Um, and finding that that balance between too fast and too easy, I probably a bit like you. I just love running and running fast. The trouble is, if you do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, by the time you get to race day, there's no running fast left. Mm. Um, but my routine was it's it's almost it's an autistic routine. It's the same. If you grab Mona's diary, if you grab Deke's diary, if you grab um, Troopy's diary, you could almost paste week by week is exactly the same. And I, Raf, I spoke to Raf once. And he said, Boydie, the trouble with you is your training's all the same. I said, mate, that's because you're soft. You have to vary it. Whereas us, <laughs> it was essentially um, Sunday was the long run in the morning between two and a half and the occasional three-hour three hour run. Um, and then it was a five, and I was talking miles, it was a five-miler in the afternoon. Monday I'd wake up and do a five-miler and then I'd do a 10-miler um, up to a 10-miler on a Monday afternoon. Tuesday was your five mile in the morning and then we'd do the track or um, down at Yokine or up in the hills at Kings Park on the boardwalk, depending on what it was. Wednesday was tempo day uh, and that was, if I was feeling really tired, it was only the 21K or the 13 miler on the um, Wednesday afternoon. Thursday was back to the session on the Thursday afternoon, the five miler in the morning. Um, Sunday, uh, sorry, Friday was the five mile in the morning and then I did the const, which was anywhere between... Um, 10 mile and 13 mile race on Saturday. We'll do training. Then we're back to square one again. It was day in, day out. Yeah. Rock solid lock in. Yeah. And what, that was all year round, no matter what race you were training for. That all year round. Um, it was essentially marathon training. It, yeah. It took a bit of sting out of the legs for the 1500. We had to drop a few miles, but once you've got that, one, I think once you've got that speed and endurance up there, the distance is relevant. It's just making sure you rested and up, uh, rested up enough to race. Well, I mean, shit, What's his name? Troopy showed that, 13, 13, 11 or something when he broke the, the 5K record and he's training for a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Honest funny. ran 28, marathon training. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's funny. I've brought his name up a couple of times, but again, and, and you can't help but bring his name up at the moment because he's in such good form. But big, Stewie Mack, I remember I had him on the podcast at the very start and uh, he just ran 3.31. And I said, mate, you're a, I thought you were a distance runner. What's going on? And he goes, no, I'm still a distance runner. I go, uh, yeah, but surely, like, did you adjust your training much when you were doing your 1500? Because I thought, just assumed that if you're going to run a fast 1500, you would have to be doing some really quick fours and maybe a couple of eights. And he goes, mate, when I ran 331 for that 1500, I, I hadn't done any training at sub 60 second 400 metre pace. Yeah, I saw that. I read that. Isn't that I ridiculous? But it, it comes down to endurance. There's no point being the fastest in the race if you can't um, – what's his name? Usain Bolt would beat me over 100 metres. But over a marathon, it's no – it's end game. See you later because you can't sustain that. And that's the beauty of what these guys are doing. Um, what, the current world record, 26.11, Jesus, sub 63 oh. per K. That's about endurance. Yeah, they've got speed, but he's also got endurance to enable him to be able to run for that long at that speed. And that's what it's all about. I think that's where the marathon runners have um, I made a lot of mistakes. Um, 
And in hindsight, there's a few things I probably could have tweaked. Well, not probably, I could have tweaked. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you haven't got the endurance, your speed's irrelevant. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's actually, it's funny. Once I finished running in about 2013, I went to the, the footy scene to have one more crack. And um, <clears throat> I'm, not a, I'm not a super fast sprinter. I reckon at my fastest, I would have probably been a touch under 13 seconds or, or something for 100 metres. So it was nothing crazy, but it always got to the third or fourth quarter. And the blokes in the team would come up to me and go, mate, where do you get your speed from? I go, no, no you'd be amazed at how that's – I always told him there's a reason I never line up for you guys when you're all fresh for a 100-metre sprint. I just try and impress you in the second or – sorry, the third or fourth quarter of a game of footy for the reasons that you just went through. But but that analogy or that um, that example that you gave me of, of Usain Bolt is a – it's a beautiful example, isn't it? Because I guess speed, it's got its place, it's got its time. But if you're expecting to run a super fast 15 based on the fact that you're a fast 100-meter sprinter, you're dreaming. Yeah, exactly. And so how many you could count on your you – know, actually, you couldn't count on your hands. The amount of times people would have said, there's no point having a kick if you're not there at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. And any guy who's strong, and, and Clark was one of these, he would try and take the sting out early because I'm going to destroy these guys because I know they don't have the endurance. So I remember chatting to um, Raf Bohr a long time ago. He was a young fella back in the city to surf, and I beat him. Um, and he said, you know, what's the secret? I said, mate, at the end of the day, I'm running 160K a week at the moment. What are you doing? And he said, oh, you know, 70. So how are you going to beat me on 70K a week when I'm already beating you in terms of muscular endurance and strength? It's, it's just no. So while he's – and I'm clipping along, you know, 310s or 330s at training. So, mate, that's my bread and butter. You're breathing hard and I'm just getting ready to warm up. Yeah, it's such a good point. It's such a good point. Do you keep in touch with Big Raf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to give someone a stick over here. No, no, he's doing well. They've got a really good group with front runner over here. That, um, he's catch, caught on to the idea and caught on to it early to try and build that culture, and I think that's making a big difference. Um, Nick Harmon's a product of, of the work with the front runner group. Um, there's a few other guys in there, Big Tom's doing the duathlons. Um, Dean Menzies has had another good run. I've lost track of thought, the other dude. Um, there's another guy in there doing really well as well. I mean, we talk about the guys. What about the girls' hall and her, her um her run the other day, fantastic. Oh, wasn't that ridiculous? I um I messaged Jess Tringoven. Uh, she she said to me because we're trying to organise a uh, so my World Uni Cross Country Boy 2010 was my first and it was the beginning and the end of my international running career. And on that trip, there was uh, I don't know if you know Lydia O'Donnell. She's a New Zealander, and uh, no. and yes, uh, Jess was there as well. Anyway, long story short, um, I was chatting to Jess the other day. She goes, "You've got to get Lydia on the show," and it, it was an absolute treat. And uh, anyway, so I've been trying to line up a podcast between Jess and Lydia, and they're just going to host it on here, do their own thing, a little bit of girl talk. So, because Lydia started a company, it's called Femi, and it's all about um, you know endurance and 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 running through like your, your your cycle as a female. And I thought, mate, like I can keep a straight face through that conversation, but I have no contribution whatsoever. So I said, how about you talk to someone who actually understands the subject? Anyway, so Jess and I were talking back and forth, and. Uh, out of the blue yesterday, Jess sent me a message going, did you bloody see um, Sarah Hall's run? 222. I thought she was a, uh, I thought she was sort of a mid 220, 220s runner. So was that, like apparently she'd run 222 at some stage before, but I'd, I'd never heard of it. Is that is that right? Or was that a three-minute PB? No, I thought she'd run a three. I thought she'd run a huge PB. Me, I'm on the same too. line. As, it was a massive PB for her. 
tell you what, whatever's in the uh, whatever's in the the breakfast bowl at the whole household, I wouldn't mind a bowl of it because the uh, oh. some of the times that those guys, what was he? He was a two hundred five man back in his day. Yeah. Oh, have you seen him now? Oh, Boydie, have I seen him? He's almost my screensaver. Gee, mate, for a guy that I mean, you know, distance runners. We're not when you, you kick sand in our face when you're at the <laughs> beach with a distance. Huh? He now kicks the sand. He is a big unit. He's a big boy. I've never seen someone post so many muscle milk photos on their Instagram feed <laughs> he does. <laughs> I tell you, um, it's, funny. It, it's funny as well. I don't know if you ever went through this phase. That um, I don't know if it's the, the shoulder pads in that blazer or you've actually been doing some shoulder presses, but you look like you're in pretty good shape. But I remember for years, I said to Jesse, I go, babe, as soon as I finish my running, mate, you're not going to recognize me. You're, you're not going to see my ribs anymore. I'm going to have biceps. Anyway, I, I finished my running career in 2013, and I reckon 2013, 2014, all I had was steak and muscle milk and got real big for a couple of years. I look back and I go, hang on, I don't reckon that was completely healthy. Um, but I tell you, it feels good to be able to do it because, as you say, getting the sand kicked in your face for so many years when you're Ryan Hall at the beach made it feel <laughs> good to rock up and take your shirt off and just watch people clear the path. <laughs> like, in 1997, we are at Townsville, um, prior to going over for the world champs. So there was Mona, myself, <laughs> uh, Troopy was there. He was training as well, uh, Duna and Rod DeHyden. And we're standing in the water. And I turned and walked back up the beach. And my wife, Leone, sitting with Tanya Mona, and they are wetting themselves. And I said, what are you laughing? She goes, you know what? If you stuck feathers in your asses, you just look like darts. <laughs> and I turned around, and it's like looking at a group of sticks. Stand- it was embarrassing. I can't believe you're wearing vapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it sounds like you had the same issue as I did. Because I used, to, I'm so glad that in in 2010 when I was running fast, that Instagram didn't exist. Because I remember getting out of the shower some mornings, looking at myself and go, "Gee, you look bloody fit, Tice. Like, yeah, you can see your abs, you can see the you can see the shape in your shoulders. You look fantastic. I look back at photos now, Boydie, and I reckon, I reckon. You could have stuffed a couple of feathers in my ass and made me look like a dart as well because it's there's no there's no I don't know I always say to Jesse I go mate you have got yourself the best investment for a husband you you signed up for personality because there clearly wasn't much going on in looks now I've still got my personality <laughs> plus biceps like what a dream <laughs> well, isn't it the biggest compliment you could get when you were an athlete you go geez you're looking sick it's like beauty I'm fit. <laughs> Oh, it's, mate, it's so funny you say that. I used to go down to Gippsland where, where my mum lives. And it, it, honestly, I, I'd rock up and she goes, oh, Tyus, are you eating enough, mate? And I go, fantastic. <laughs> I hear those words now. I go straight to the cupboard and then straight to the gym. I can't believe it. Just the contrast. Uh, well, people said, why do you do so much mileage? It's like so I can eat and drink, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear that story about, um, you probably know this better than most people. I don't know if I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but there's a story about Mona before one of his big, uh, his big marathons. I think he was in Europe and he was, uh, he'd finished his main meal and he ordered a dozen donuts and they go, um, <laughs> I, I hope I'm not stuffing this story up. I, I think it's written in his book. And uh, they said, Oh, just so you know, that's 12 donuts. Um, is it just for you or are you expecting people? He goes, no, nah, just, we'll see how we go. Give him the donuts. And anyway, signed up, got the donuts delivered. Half an hour later, he called the waitress over and said, mate, give us another round. <laughs> And it is. It's that I eat twenty four donuts now. I tell you, there's uh, there's there's not much pretty going on. But you're right. As a distance runner, you've got the miles in your legs to be able to justify it. 
Oh, it is. It is so good, and it just—I mean—that's that's funny because there's so many different stories you hear about people. And just, um, I roomed with uh, Duna for a number of years when we used to go away, and particularly in the marathons, we ran a couple of together and were in the same room. And he sat a chocolate biscuit on top of the television. That was the first thing he ate because he'd do that carb depletion. I don't know how they did that. It was like seriously, you look like something out of Auschwitz when you do that carb depletion. He'd finish his carb depletion and he'd go straight for that cookie. That was like his his little gold nugget he'd have. And I thought, you know what? It's probably not too dissimilar to when I was because I'm a Coke addict, mate. I'll drink Coke until it's there's none left in the in the country. Well, I and I'd have no drug, drug problem until I my Sunday. I'm glad you clarified that. I thought you were. Oh, just- no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Sorry to interrupt no, I'm you. Fine, <laughs> but I drink two litres of Coke on a Sunday after my long run, and that was my treat. That was, there's my Coke. Is that right? Yep. Ash- that's it. That was my, mate. Do you know Ash Watson? No. No, Ash Watson, he's a, I don't know if he's still competing. He's a pretty good, he's probably my age or a couple of years younger. He's, he's pretty good over like the hundred Ks now, but I remember he always had a bit of a reputation when it came to the came to the soft drink. Did you ever get into any of that, Boydie? The um the 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 carb depletion, or yet I'm be- I'm guessing based on your, your the way you spoke about it, it wasn't really your style. It wasn't. Uh, I I could never get into it. I think it was more because I didn't understand what was in foods anyway. Um, and I do remember reading in Mona's book that he reckoned the more, the closer he got to his carb depletion and getting it right, the actual worse he ran. He reckons he ran a bit better when he was, when he mucked it up a bit. But I just, I see guys like Duna when I was rooming with him, it's like, mate, that can't be good when you're that weak and crawling along. I'm just happy to be bouncing along. So I've just, I always worried about the risk of running yourself to that level where you're open and prone to infections. I mean, it's bad enough anyway. You'd know you're getting towards a, a big competition, and someone walks past you with a sniffle. It's like, oh, hang on a sec, mate. Can you just go and stand on the other side of the room? Um, I mean, on big one for that. Lisa, she'd basically lock herself, wrap herself up in cotton wool, and make sure no one came near her. So, but when you're training that hard, the last thing you need is a sniffle. So I just, I just couldn't do it, mate. It's, couldn't do it. Yeah, and I was soft. It. Maybe I was just soft. Oh, I don't know about that. I reckon anyone who ticks off the amount of k's you were doing per week can't be called soft. Unless they're being called soft by someone who who topped you, it'd have to be like a, a oh. Japanese seko or someone to call you soft. So minor or troopy or any of that crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, you, buddy, who's Duna? Oh, Sean Quilty. Ah, oh, that's a name I haven't heard for a little while. So, Sean Quilty and Rowdy's Rod to Hyden. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's. I, Nemesis. If it wasn't for those two, I would have made an Australian Olympic team. Well, what um, what were your times in the end? I was trying to remember because this will speak in a sentimental. I don't know if you remember giving me this, but it would have been back in the day when I fanboyed every time. You were my Justin Bieber, Boydie. So every time we got down to um, uh, Yokon Reserve, I would, and I'd say you get out of the car, I got butterflies. But I remember you, you must have known something because I remember once you, you gave me a – I must have asked about all your times and your PBs. And I remember once you gave me your, it was like a, a whole printout of, it was pretty much your progression. And it was like, it, mate, it was my Bible until I reckon I was 19. I kept seeing the times that, that you ran and I'd compare where I was at. And I go, all right, if Boydie was there, I can still hope, I'm, I'm right on track to keep up with Boydie. I reckon by 16, you were half, halfway around the track to where I was though. So I sort of, I sort of put the book away and tried not to look at it too much. 
I do recall giving you that, and I've, funny you should say that I have given that to a couple of guys along the you know throughout the years. But at the end of the day, that was more about mate. Just look at the earlier times. I wasn't setting the world on fire. I mean, shit. If I look at that, I think it wasn't until I was fifteen that I got under five minutes for fifteen hundred. So <laughs> I think people get a little bit impatient sometimes about getting the results. And distance running is one of those things where it's day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. And the guys that have been doing it for six, seven years, they're going to outperform someone who's only been doing it for a year. Um, yeah. So I use that and go, look, this, you, you know, this is not going to set the world on fire, mate. It takes a little while to come through. So, yeah. And, and it did. I mean, I, I wish I'd gone a bit longer with the marathon, but I just don't think I could have, in my head, I don't think I could have put another four years in to get to 2004. Well, how old were you when you finished up? Uh, I think I was about 38. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's, uh, it, it is interesting you say that. The marathon's an interesting one because I've been, what's Sinead Diver? She must be, I think she's 42. I don't want to, I don't want to chuck fake, fake years on her because I know a lot of ladies get upset when you do that, but I'm pretty sure I've heard her talk about the fact she's 42 and, and she's still, I ran past, I didn't run past her. I ran the other way to her. We sort of crossed paths. She was going a lot faster than I was about six months ago. And I thought, mate, there's no way you could be 42 because I reckon um, at the end of that run, apparently I was looking at Strava and they were they were clicking along for about 30Ks at, um, I reckon they were averaging under four minutes, which for her is probably no big deal. But I look at that compared to my Strava and I go, oh my gosh, how embarrassing. Ah. <laughs> uh. Age is a wonderful thing. I look at my stuff now. I'm doing occasionally do four thirties. I think far out. A number of years ago, I was, 30, I was a minute quicker than this just jogging. <laughs> I was uh, I was going for a walk. I'm, wait, I'm, mate, that's sorry, buddy. I cut you off. No, it's just that's hard work. That's the problem. Yeah, it was it was funny the other day. I um I caught up with with Ben Buckingham. I I try and catch up for as many. Maybe I just need more friends, buddy. But I try and get people on this podcast and then say, hey, let's go for a run together. But um, I was just going for a I was going for a walk a couple of weeks ago, and Ben Buckingham, who who ran at the he ran at the World Athletics Champs in Doha, I want to say over the three k steeple, he looked like he was just jogging past me when I was on my walk, and I said, "Hey, Benny, what are you doing?" He goes, "Mate, I'm just going for a jog. Come with me." Anyway, I go, "Yeah, perfect." So <laughs> I I knew where he was turning around. It was about fifteen hundred meters up. As we started, he still looked like he was jogging, and I thought, "Hang on a sec, what, what's going on here? Like you don't look like you're uh, you don't look like you're going." Much faster than what I, I thought you were going, but I reckon it turned out to be about three forty-five pace. So it was the fastest fifteen hundred I reckon I'd run for about ten years. It's amazing how it happens, isn't it? Like yeah, you stop running for a little while, and as you say, I look at four thirties on my Strava now, and I go, you know what? Pretty good day at the office, but he's ticking along in three forty-fives without even breathing. Yeah, yeah. I went for a run with my young fella, and we did, just did a lazy four k, and we averaged. It turns out I think it was four fifty-eight. So. I mean, for him, it was comfortable. I'm looking at that going, yeah, that's all right. And he said, what's wrong with that? I said, mate, a number of years ago, that would have been a walk for me. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, three, 3.58 maybe, you know. But you forget. <laughs> you forget how quick you're actually running. I do a bit of coaching with the Guildford Grammar Boys for Crossy. And um, <laughs> we did a, I got him to do a K. And the, the fastest guy ran 3.50. Um, he ticked along and they all finished. I said, just so you guys know, when I ran my two, um, 213 for the marathon, I was doing 310 average and I did that for 42K. So, oh, my God. But you take <laughs> it for granted, mate. Youth is something that's wasted on the young. 